Welcome to the Men and Hoodies podcast, where we take you on an excursion through everything in the sports world. Trending news, hot conversations, heated debates, and unlike shows such as First Take and Undisputed, things that you, the listeners, actually want to hear. Let's now go to your hosts, Brent Lyons, Roman Cleary, and Jake Stoop. Happy birthday to, to us. you. Happy birthday, Happy birthday to, to us. birthday to Men and Hoodies. Happy birthday to Men and Hoodies. Yes, it's the Happy birthday to us. Men and Hoodies has been airing the podcast wow. for one year now. We're a day late. I will apologize. We are a day late from the last time we episode a year ago, which is wild to think about, guys. Reactions and thoughts. It's, today is the one-year anniversary. I mean, it's been a pretty awesome year. 366 days ago, uh, we just had this idea of a podcast that we only thought was going to be a one-time deal. We thought, well, it was pretty good. Might as well just publish it and see what happens. And here we are now. We now have face cams, and hopefully this continues on for uh, another year, and a year after that, and a year after that. I don't know how realistic it is, but we're having a good <laughs> so time right now. I think that's all that matters. So yeah, grave, let's take man. it to the grave. Yes, we'll be doing it from so the, the grave. So the man. water, so the water doesn't choose us anymore. Yeah, who knows when that will be? But thank you for joining us for our one-year anniversary. It is good to be back with you guys. And Roman, I do remember the last, the first podcast we ever had was on your last day of school. Me and Brent had our right. technical last day last Friday. I mean, it's kind of every year we'll be coming around the end of school time and beginning of summer. So. This is definitely a good time to, to start a podcast when all the good things are coming around. Yep, the beginning of summer means another year of Ben and Hoodies. I guess it's just kind of the easy way to remember it. I'm sorry, it's super weird to be watching my transitions go on. I usually am not on uh, the screen when, I'm, <laughs> but when we're doing this, so it's a little weird. But either way, yeah, yeah I'm ready to get into this. Yes, sir. The fans don't really understand that, but basically we are doing an extra thing this episode where y'all will, we have to see our faces basically, but we'll get to that in a second. But first, before we get into the episode, Brent, we'll start with you. Just give us your best memory. What do you look back on over the last year of the Minutes podcast? And you can point out and say, that was my favorite part or my most memorable part. Well, I don't, I would literally have to go back and listen to every single episode to be able to narrow down a most favorite part. So. Obviously, I did not do that um, because I'd still be listening. Um, but I do think one of my more favorite parts was the episode. Um, I think it was my first episode back after I went to Colorado. I had done no prep. I I had like I hadn't even really looked at the rundown for the day. And so going into the day, we were doing our breakdowns of uh, it was. The what it might have been the NFC East, the division with Detroit and NFC North. NFC North. And I accidentally said that I thought the Lions were gonna go ten and seven. And <laughs> I got I got completely throttled about it, but I just kept it going. Um and then, you know, seven months later they go like nine and eight and miss the playoffs <laughs> by just the fact that Seattle um, won the later game, and so I don't know. That was probably one of the more funny ones because that's some of the times that I remember getting blasted by Roman the most, and then it kind of worked <laughs> out almost. So, um, yeah, that that was a pretty good one for sure. Roman, what about you? 
Uh, my favorite memories of this podcast have to be what's coming up pretty soon. These division breakdowns that we did <laughs> over the summer. It's just my chance to really show off my uh, football yeah, prowess, yeah, yeah. That's if what you it's will. About. I just really, <laughs> really enjoy doing it. The NFL is the sport that I guess I am most knowledgeable on overall. I mean, I, I probably enjoy college basketball the most, but in terms of the um, the league and the sport that I have the most expertise and experience watching and knowledge with, that's definitely the NFL. So it's pretty fun for me to do those division breakdowns and just really get into the nitty gritty of what I think is going to happen during each and every NFL season. Again, that's coming sooner rather than later because we are getting into the summer, closer to the training camp and stuff like that. I'm really starting to get more in the football mode myself, even though it's just May. So, yeah, but that's still later, and this is today. And I'm really excited for this one-year anniversary, which is going to kick off what I think is quite a bang for you guys, and I, you'll see in just a moment. Absolutely. Um, mine, I believe I would have to go back. It was either May 7th or May 14th, but I think it was May 7th of last year, the first episode ever. And I don't know if y'all recall this, but at the moment, it came off as a very blasphemous statement, all right? Roman Cleary said, I don't have the quote, but he basically said that Penny Hardaway was the be would be the best point guard ever if he wouldn't have gotten hurt. And I stand and, by oh that gosh. today. And, stand by that today. <laughs> and he still stands by it. Um, I do. But, when that when he said that, I mean, me and Brent just lost it, like absolutely lost it on Roman. And I think that really began the trend of the blasphemous statements from Roman Clear that have occurred every single episode. But the fans got a preview episode, of that early really on. Every episode. Um, <laughs> and it was just a pretty funny every experience. Episode. I, I could go back and listen to that one all day just to hear the laughs um, and the good microphones especially. Um, but it's some pretty good memories there for sure. The way I uh, see it, it's – gang up on Roman because people think it's funny. <laughs> That's no, how it really is. Ro it's Roman doesn't know when he keeps some opinions to himself. And one of those opinions <laughs> was if Penny Hardaway didn't get hurt, he'd be the best point guard to walk the face of the earth. But the funniest part was, is it came yeah, out of everything. nowhere. It was, it was about the recruiting and getting transfers. And you just said out of nowhere, <laughs> who wouldn't want to play for Penny Hardaway? He'd be the best point guard ever if he didn't get hurt. And me and Brent are like, dude, Stop. <laughs> that was not the time for that statement. <laughs> Why not? You love I wanna, Penny Hardaway more than anybody. You think, yeah, I love you think Penny Hardaway? Right? When I admitted that he cheated to get James Wiseman in high school, you got really mad at me when I said that. Yeah, see, I don't like when people badmouth him. I, I will say that. But he ain't the best really point ever if you get hurt. Honestly, because I think it's pretty clear what he did to get James <laughs> Wiseman to come play at East. But that's not well, what we're talking about thing, today. One thing we can leave in the dirt, and this is the reason I wore this today, is I wore my Dylan Brooks jersey. I know if you're listening on Spotify or Apple, you can't see that. Oh, man, but, the dirt. But I am now, I'm now solidifying that I will never, ever in my life. <laughs> burn it. Burn it. Burn it live on the podcast. Burn it. <laughs> Jake lost his mic. I will never stand up for Dylan Brooks ever again in my life. It's not going to happen. <laughs> Burn it live on the podcast. Go outside and burn it. Wow, Jake. All Be one of those guys. Burn the done. jersey. Guys, guys, I'm so sorry if my audio sounded bad. Did you get the gist of what I said? Yes, we did. Okay. Yeah, we did. Well, I, am, I, I know it was hard. The, the universe didn't you want should me to have... say that. I'm sorry, but I will never again on this podcast you... stand up for Dylan Brooks. Yes, he's a good defender, 
but he made our team suck. Okay, I'm just going to say that. Dylan Brooks, you I love you, man, but ha- enjoy your time on the Pistons. The Pistons? That's where you that. think he's going? What, Brent? You should have practiced that before we before yeah, we decided to get going. It, yeah, it my, was a little rough. My ears are my you. ears are shaped a little weird, so it oh my AirPods are very loose, so it came out pretty quickly. Um, but Dylan Brooks, you should have just taped them down. Peace, peace. <laughs> well, that was awesome. Riddance. Yes, with the year of the podcast down the drain, I'm now not going to flush my Dylan Brooks jersey down the drain, but it is it is burn gone it. in my heart. It is burn gone in my heart. It. I would you one of those guys burn it. You want to know what go viral views? You burn. You want to know what gives more views? You burn your Dylan Brooks jersey. <laughs> right, right. But the one thing that we can move on into the next year saying is that maybe we don't know everything. Okay, no, maybe no, we can start guys, to tune in next week that, because Jake's going to burn the Dylan Brooks jersey live <laughs> next week on the podcast. <laughs> Who knows? But I think we can all agree podcast... that maybe we need to move into the next year, not saying that we know everything, and I think we can move on to the next segment. And we can test out that knowledge. All right, we've got some NBA playoff trivia that Roman's going to lead us in to see if we truly know everything about NBA playoff trivia. So, Roman, you take us away. Yeah, that's right. We got NBA playoff trivia. If you remember, we would used to do trivia at the start of some of our episodes of the earlier days of the podcast. We're bringing that back because it is NBA playoff time. And why not answer some trivia? So, yes, I'm going to uh, give the reins over to our um, Men and Hoodies visual engineer, the man himself, Noah Valencia. And we're going to let him pop up the first question for us. Shout out to Noah. And we have, who is the only player in NBA history to have three sons play in the league? <laughs> what are our options here? We got oh, LeBron oh. James, LeVar Ball, <laughs> George Carl, that's a coach, and Rick Barry. <laughs> um, I was gonna go Michael Jordan uh, or Carl Malone, but they're on the list. So I'm, I'm I was gonna LeVar. say I'm saying Lavar on this. I was gonna before I saw the options, I was gonna say whoever Cody Zeller's dad was because I thought that he had. I thought Cody Zeller had two brothers in the league, but he's not an option. So Lavar Ball. Yeah, neither I, are the Morrises. Did Lavar so play I'm going in the league? B. I don't think he did. I'm going uh, Lavar Ball for sure. I don't know if LeVar played in the league, but I know he has three sons that played in it. Right. All right, we all got B? Yeah, I think Wait, we all maybe got it's B a trick. Whoa, 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 No, 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 no. No, we do not. I'm going to go with C because I, I, cause LeVar didn't play in the league, and I think it's a trick question. No. George you, Carl forget- didn't play in the league either. Okay, Brent locked in C. BBC, let's see it. I locked in C. All right, what do we got? It was what? Rick Barry? No <laughs> chance. No chance. I thought LiAngelo played. Oh, wait. Okay, so I think Brent – is Brent Barry one of them? I guess so. I, I don't know who the other two would be, but I think Brent Barry would probably want – okay, here we go. Uh, moving on, I guess. I'll got that wrong. I'll got that one wrong. Uh, which NBA team sent four players to the All-Star game in 2015? We have the Cleveland Cavaliers, the Atlanta Hawks, the Los Angeles Lakers, definitely not them, and the Golden State mm. Warriors. B. B. For 2015. Is he talking about 15-16 or 14-15? I have no idea. Either one. 
Either one, I'm confident in B. Wow. This was, this was the Paul Sapp, Kyle Corver, Dennis Schroeder, Jeff Teague, and Al Horford squad. I'm going D. East. I'm going Golden State. I'm going Golden State as well. Golden State had like six. All right, so lock in. Yeah. Wow. Oh, wow. All right. All right, so Brent's got uh, wild, Brent. the first point of the day here in this trivia game. Jake and I still have none after two questions, and we only have two more to catch up with him, if I'm not mistaken. So, Noah, give us the third question, please. Which year did the three-point shot get introduced into the NBA? Oh, I think I know this already, but show us the answers. 77? 78? (laughs) Of course. 79? Noah. And 80? It's 1979. Roman seems confident. Roman seems confident, but because ooh, actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna go A. It's seventy nine. Okay, I'm, I'm going I'm going C. Then we're gonna tie it up for the last one. Nineteen seventy nine. Yes, yeah. Let's go! <laughs> I could I could have tried and locked it up, but I was but I would have locked it up with that one. So trust and clearly the clear Thank choice, baby. Confidence. All right, here we go. Final question. Who is the first player in NBA history to play in 1,000 consecutive games? What is uh, Joe the Plumber? Wow. We have A.C. Green, Michael Jordan, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, not whatever he said, and Larry Bird. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Dude. I, I'm going A. He's the only guy on this list that isn't a Hall of Famer. I'm going with A. There's got to be a reason AC Green is on here. I'm going Larry. I'll go Larry. Guys, play, I like every I'm game going. Uh, uh, see, I will mix it up. All right, I'm going to go Kareem because I think it'd be very difficult for him to have the scoring title at that point without missing like that many games. I guess. All right. I think we're all tied at one. This is a big one here. We all have a different answer. Wow. Oh, my gosh. I knew it. There's got to be a reason. That's not even a, that not even guys, a playoff question. That, there's got to be <laughs> a reason that these guys are on here. There's got to be a reason that this guy's on here. Two to one to one. Jake and I, mm. myself, I think we gave a valiant effort. But at the end of the day, it is – Brent Lyons, who comes away with the dub in trivia. We'll see if his Golden State Warriors are able to get a dub later tonight against the Los Angeles Lakers to tie up that series. But, Jake, what do we got next? I'm just sad that's what I get for trying to diversify the answers, man. I I always do that. I always do that, and I shouldn't. That's your mistake. Yeah, I know. I just need to go with my heart for sure. Well, I'm going to go with my heart in this conversation um, because this one is a very, very interesting one. Talking about the NBA playoffs here. We're almost through two rounds. We're about midway through the second round across the board. A lot of series tied up 2-2. But Brent, we're going to start with you, the one who won trivia, so you might as well kick us off for this question, um, obviously with the most knowledge. Best player yeah. in the NBA playoffs to this point, and whatever you want to say, stat, eye test, Clutchness, anything you want to say, who has been the best player in the playoffs so far? Um, I, I mean, best performance I'd want to give to Steph, but he's not had the best, like, overall playoff series so far. I'm going to give it to Devin Booker right now. Um, I think that 
them being able to tie up the series last night against Denver kind of helped push him over the edge, especially with how well he has been playing. Um, if I'm not mistaken, he is averaging the most points in the playoffs, I believe. Um, he's scored over, I think he scored over 26, I think every single game in the playoff, I mean, over 20, every single game in the playoffs so far. So that's, that's pretty impressive. I mean, had a great series against the Clippers scored 47, 30, 45, 38, and 26 respectively in each of those six games. So, I mean, he's been, he's been extremely successful even in the series they won and then follow that up in the first four games in Denver with 27, 35, 47, and 36. And so this guy is on an absolute tear as far as it comes to scoring the basketball. He's been doing it at a really high percentage. He only missed four mm-hmm. shots last night and their win yep. over Denver. And he only missed five the game before that. So you can see that he's kind of flipped a switch, started down 2-0. And you can see he's only missed nine shots in the past two games with scoring 47 and 36. So I think it's hard to kind of That's give crazy. that – to give that somewhere else. I also think that it goes past just scoring though. Um, he hasn't had a game and I mean, three assists isn't too many, but besides the three, he hasn't had anything less than six as far as assists goes for a playoff game so far this year. He had 12 last game and he had nine the game before that. Um, so he, he's doing very well distributing the ball. Him and Kevin Durant are getting a lot of touches together. And especially without Chris Paul playing right now, I think that it's huge that he's still able to produce the way he is because when he doesn't have to be the primary ball handler, I think that opens up his scoring so much more um, just because with Chris Paul back, he's really good at distributing the ball, especially to guys like Kevin Durant and Devin Booker. So I think that he'll be even better when Chris Paul comes back. Um, as far as scoring goes, obviously not as far as passing goes. Um, I think he'll be a little more efficient overall because even though he has had two great games before that, it was a little rough a little bit. Um, I mean, just as far as he's taking a lot of shots. Um, I feel like you could get a lot more efficiency taking less shots than he did, say, in game two against Denver where he took 30 shots. Um, I think, like, that's just a lot of shots to be taking, especially when you have a guy like Kevin Durant on your team as well, who I'm sure is getting a lot of that load as well. But I will say Devin Booker, um, especially these past two games against Denver, only missing nine shots in total while having 47 and 36 Mm -hmm. and leading them back to tie the series up with Denver – is is pretty huge um but yeah he's got to be the best player so far for me this playoffs and i'll follow that up for my answer as well um i like that brent i like that take and i like what you said at the end as well um a little bit you said that he might be better when chris ball comes back and i kind of agree with you and i kind of don't because i mean how can you say that the suns won't be better with uh with chris ball on the floor i mean chris paul obviously he's called the point lowercase g god like he is amazing and you, but you can also point back to the 2021 finals where he absolutely sold in that series. I mean, he, I think he had one game over 10 points in those six games against the Bucks. I mean, especially in the fourth they lost, he was not impressive. And now you're seeing him go out and Devin Booker is able to be very, very efficient from the floor. And in the playoffs, you don't necessarily need an entire team effort every given night. You need two or three guys to step up and pop off. And we finally got to see Kevin Durant and Devin Booker do that on the same night. And I think with Chris Paul on the floor, the pace is a little bit slower, unlike that of Cameron Payne, who almost every time he gets the ball, he is just pushing pace. Um, so I think, I think there are ups and downs to both of those guys running the point. But I think from a Devin Booker scoring perspective, they might be slightly better without Chris Paul on the floor. So if I'm the Suns, I'm rushing to get him back, but also I'm trying to get as many wins without him on the floor. Um, but for me – 
Stat-wise, this answer is Nikola Jokic, averaging a 30-point triple-double, near triple-double, without with less than one assist to get there um, or less than one rebound to get there. He has done very, very well, 6-3 and three so far in the postseason. Jimmy Butler also doing his thing in that first-round series. He absolutely carried the heat, especially in crunch time. I mean, in that game six um, on the road against Milwaukee, I mean, he absolutely crushed it. It was either game five or game six. I don't remember. But there were multiple times where they could have given up. What they did was they gave the ball to Jimmy Butler. Um, but also, I love those guys, and those are my top three. But the number one, and Brent said it perfectly, has got to be Devin Booker. I mean, what he's doing right now is like Jordan and Kobe-esque. I mean, the run that he's been going on so far, I know if they win this series, they've got two rounds left to go. But if he maintains these numbers, I'm going to go out on a limb and say this. This might be one of the best playoff stretch runs we've ever seen from anybody. No, it, would, 30, it, would, 30, it definitely would be. At 36.8 points, 5.1 rebounds, 7.5 assists. As you said, Brent, 62% from the field, making over half of his threes in the process. 51% from three. 87% from the line. Almost a 60-50-90 guy in the playoffs. That is unheard of. So hypothetically, if they were to win this title and he were to keep up this stretch, uh, I mean, arguably one of the best of all time, but uh, I would have to go Devin Booker in this conversation. And there have been so many guys to play well in this postseason so far, but you've got to look at Devin Booker, who I'm mostly shocked at because Kevin Durant is the best player on the team. I mean, Devin Booker's run that he's gone on is absolutely incredible. There's no denying that. But to me, I don't think any player has been more valuable to his team in the playoffs than Jimmy Butler has in the Heat. I mean, whether you want to say he's been the best player in this postseason or not in terms of t statistics or whatever else you want to use to justify your answer there, Jimmy Butler, what he did in game four in particular against Milwaukee, is something that we only see the truly great players do. Like things that only the most elite of the elite can do. Milwaukee was absolutely killing the Heat in game four for the most part. Giannis was coming back off of injury, and it just seemed like they were going to run away with that game in Miami and take the series back to Milwaukee tied to two games apiece. And I'm going to go out on a limb and say that the Bucks would have won that series had they won game four because they would have had mm -hmm. all the momentum up, the, up at that point. Giannis is back. And I just don't know if there's much that the Heat can do to stop Milwaukee in that situation. But Jimmy Butler steps up in the final 10 or so minutes of the game, finishes with 56 points, and the Heat win that game four by five and then they close out Milwaukee in Milwaukee at the Fiserv Forum, 128 to 126 to win the series. He drops 42 in that one. Overall, he's dropping 34 uh, points, six boards, and four assists per game. Not quite as eye-opening as the Devin Booker stats, and I totally agree with you guys. What Devin Booker is doing is absolutely insane. And the Suns, especially with a player like Kevin Durant on that team, it's pretty crazy to see Devin Booker really shining the way that he is. Right now, I mean, he was first-team All-NBA last season, and he was the cover athlete for NBA 2K23. So it's not exactly shocking that Devin Booker is coming out and being the best player for his team on the floor in the NBA playoffs. It's not really the shock at all. But doing that while playing alongside a guy like Kevin Durant just makes that all the more impressive. But Jimmy Butler, he's just that guy, honestly. He, we've seen mm -hmm. it. Over the right. past few years, ever since he's in Miami, I mean, we talk about it. The guys that just show up when it matters the most. 
in the playoffs. I'm not going to put them on like LeBron tier or Jordan tier or anything like that. But Jimmy po- Jimmy Butler, he just has that dog in him, if you will. If you just don't want to find a better term for it. He just has that mm-hmm. killer instinct, the drive, mm-hmm. the will to win. Jimmy Butler is that guy. And I just can't help but admire what he's done. So I'm going to say Jimmy Butler in terms of value and just being the best overall player on the floor. I saw something this week I wanted to see. It has to do with Jimmy Butler. I wanted to see if you all agreed with it. It said that LeBron and Shaquille O'Neal were the best two players to ever play for the Heat, but Dwayne Wade and Jimmy Butler were the best two Heat players ever. Do you all agree with that statement? Yeah, I probably I would probably agree. Dwayne Wade is definitely I, the best I would, player ever. I would fully agree with that statement. I didn't know if you two would as well. Actually, I, don't, I, I might put LeBron above Jimmy Butler. But Wade is certainly number one there. Mm. My three would probably be LeBron, excuse me, Wade at one, LeBron two, and Butler three. That's probably my three there. I don't know. I I think Uh, I'm going. I think Jimmy brings one more. Yeah, but he does. But they haven't. I mean, they were the eight seed this year. They were the one seed last year and lost to Tatum and Brown. I mean, LeBron won that many champions. They won three championships with the Heat. I I just have a really hard time doing that. We're talking, more. I think, a little bit more. What, Brent? But without think, that I, ring, it would be really hard. I just think that Butler has done a lot for them, even without winning a ring. Like, just the fact that they were in the – even, like, disregard the fact that I don't count the, the, the bubble. He still got them to the championship. Like in that, like in Miami, like right. Miami was not considered like a great team without Jimmy Butler, and even with Jimmy Butler at first, they weren't considered a great team. Like he led that team, and then you think last year they were the one, what one seed right in the East, and they they made it almost all the way out, just got stopped by honestly a better Boston team. Um, but still, Jimmy I mean, Butler. I, I genius. see what you're saying. I see what you're saying, but I mean Miami fell apart when LeBron left the Heat too. I mean, the value, the value for, for that is just out of this world, the fact that they were able to contend with the San Antonio Spurs, with Tim Duncan, Tony Parker, Monte Ginobili, Kawhi Leonard, the fact that they won two championships, I mean, that is just – that's mind-blowing to me. And I, I see what I you're saying. In the, it is a conversation. It is a conversation. It's just hard for me to put arguably a top-two player of all time over that, Jimmy Butler. Speaking I of the – I just don't think that – Go ahead, Sorry, Brent. You want to say your thing first? The first. Um, speaking uh, of the Heat, gonna... they're up um, by 10 over the Knicks with like five minutes to go in game four. Right. So, yeah. But they're probably going to go up 3-1 series. I was just going to say that I don't think that LeBron was completely the only reason why they fell apart. I think another big part in that was Chris Bosh's health. In my opinion, Chris Bosh not having health issues for that latter half, for that not even latter half, for the latter half of his prime, if you would, because he was in his prime when he started getting – those blood clot issues and eventually where he had to step away. I'm putting him in the top five power forward conversation of all time. If he doesn't get, if he doesn't have those issues, I, I loved hmm. Chris Bosh. I thought he was incredible. And I think that him eventually like uh, him just one day completely not being able to play basketball for them anymore because of those health issues had an extreme impact on them. And so I think that like with LeBron gone, Chris Bosh and Dwayne Wade were still, they, they were still there. And so that, so in theory, you may lose LeBron, but without that health issue, you still have Chris Bosh, you still have Dwayne Wade, which at the time are probably 
still two top 10 NBA players in the league without, even without LeBron on the team. So Chris Bosh and Dwayne Wade individually, along with another supporting cast of Ray Allen, who's obviously was at the end of his career, but still was playing very well. But like, I, I don't think that it was all LeBron. That was the reason that they fell off. I think Chris Bosh has a huge part to do in that and just the assembly, the assembly of that team. But I, mm-hmm. I just love Chris Bosh. So I'm not going to let that go without, without adding that mm-hmm. it was definitely the health issues for Chris as well. No, yeah, you have a point, and it is a conversation. Um, so, yeah, I get that. Um, one, one other thing that I will say, Roman, that I, I disagree with you about, Jimmy Butler being the best player of the playoffs so far, is that you said he has the most value to his team, and I think the conversation we just had can definitely attest to, yeah, he has tremendous value to his team. But let's look back to last year with Kevin Durant on the net. Kevin Durant had a healthy Kyrie Irving, a healthy James Harden, and they got swept by the Boston Celtics. Kevin Durant was awful. And now he's on the Suns. They're playing the one seed, not the two seed Boston Celtics. They're playing the one seed Denver Nuggets in the West. And Devin Booker is having the best postseason of his life. And Kevin Durant's not getting swept. He's with one superstar. I'm not going to put Chris Paul in that tier this late in his career. He's with one superstar. DeAndre and He's not no. a superstar. Come on. No. no. Good try. <laughs> I like Aiden. He's, no. he's, he's with one superstar. And they have a chance to get rid of the one seed when Kevin Durant got swept last year. I think Devin Booker takes a tremendous weight off of Kevin Durant that even James Harden and Kyrie Irving couldn't do. And we're seeing now why that makes sense with Kyrie Irving and the Mavericks out of the playoffs. James Harden, it doesn't really make sense. He's been having a really good postseason. But I just think what Devin Booker's doing, if you're talking about value, I think Devin Booker's right up there with Butler for sure. Yeah, well, like you have Oladipo out. Kyle Lowry is kind of washed up, we're being honest at this point. Who exactly does Jimmy Butler have to really take a massive scoring load off of him? I just really don't see anyone in particular that's got that. I mean, Bam can contribute. Tyler Hero, when he's on the floor, can contribute. I mean, Lowry is still capable of contributing. But you really don't have another high-level scorer in there right now other than Jimmy Butler. Devin Booker, as good as he's been, still has Kevin Durant, who's arguably the um, best pure scorer in NBA history that isn't named Michael Jordan. Well, so, Bam Adebayo yeah. has Bam Adebayo has twenty one and twelve tonight. Max Stress has sixteen. Can, uh, Caleb Martin has ten, and Kyle Lowry has thirteen. And Jimmy Butler has twenty four. So while he's still leading the scoring load, there's four other guys in double figures, and one being Bam Adebayo, who is the second best player on this team, who is contributing a lot 21 and 12 he had 16 and seven at halftime like like without without bam i don't think they accomplished as much just because they don't have the rebounding presence to contend with somebody like Giannis when he's playing and on the defensive end especially but i do think i mean bam out of bio is a tremendous player especially defensively i'm saying i'm saying like saying oh you you think the Suns will be accomplishing what they're accomplishing without kevin durant no I think Devin Booker would. Or without DeAndre Ayton? No. I don't think Jimmy – I don't think – I think without Devin Booker, if the Suns were in the same situation as they were playing the Nuggets, Devin Booker would score more. I think he would have a bigger impact on his team individually. I don't think Jimmy Butler would without without Bam. Just because Bam helps spread – because you don't look at – you don't look at DeAndre Ayton and say, oh, wow, what an incredible defender and rim protector. Like this guy, this guy is – like this is who you want. 
when you look at Bam Adebayo, he's pretty much your ideal rim protector and defender as far as, like, you couldn't ask for much better right now. So We also got to keep I in think, mind that, like, when teams play the Heat, they don't score as much either. Like, that's also a good point that Brent brings up. When you have Bam Adebayo, it takes a lot of the scoring load off the other team. So Jimmy Butler doesn't have to score 50 every night. He can get production from the other guys that he has, like Duncan Robinson, who's one of the best shooters in the league when he's hot, if not the best shooter percentage-wise when he's hot. Max Drust, I don't know if you've watched him play, Roman, but he is a lights-out three-point shooter when he gets hot as well. I think he had seven threes in that first half. All all I know is that Jimmy Butler dropped 56 points to basically end the series against the best team in the NBA in the first round as an eight seed. That means something. Only the best of the best can do that. And as great as what Devin Booker's doing right now, Jimmy Butler put the heat on his back to beat the best team in the NBA in the first round of the playoffs as an eight seed. I don't think you can put any sort of stat that's better than that, in my opinion. I really don't. I don't know if they're the best team in the NBA. I mean, they were the best team in the regular season, but, like, we had this conversation off off podcast. Like, with Giannis out, are they – were they good enough to beat the Heat anyway With if Giannis doesn't play the rest of the series? Because Giannis is such a big part. Well, we knew that the Heat were better than the average eight seed. We knew that already. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So, so, that, so that kind of diminishes your point on the stat to look at is the fact that Jimmy Butler and the eight seed take down the Bucks, the best team in the NBA in the first round. Because, I mean, he's, like, he's, he's second for me. Like and yeah, people hey, who have meant the most to their well, teams like, this playoff. So but I just are we not going to give LeBron and the Lakers credit for beating the Grizzlies, the two seed as the seven seed? We're not going to give LeBron and the Lakers credit for that. That's still no, a seven mind, seed beating your a two mind, seed, and that's still your, an eight beating the Bucks. That's still an eight seed beating a one seed. In your like, mind, Taylor Jenkins has a piece of jelly in his head for a brain, so it's not really <laughs> that impressive to me that they oh, beat, that they beat them because I mean. They don't really All have right. a head coach. So this, this is a good time to move on. Um, we're actually getting pretty deep in this conversation. Either way, top two players across the board as far as playoffs go for sure. Good job, Devin Booker and Jimmy Butler. Hopefully they can keep up their numbers. We may see a potential NBA finals matchup if they no, keep it up. No, hey, hey, no. Hey, we'll see. We're going to talk about that, though, in this next conversation. We're going to go over our predictions to get to the conference championship in the West and the East. Roman, we'll start with you on this one. Who do you think comes out of the Los Angeles Lakers and Golden State Warriors series? Right now they're in game the four, which is going to be first. played tonight at 9 o'clock, actually in a little bit. Uh, but who do you think is going to come out of this series, the Lakers or the Warriors? Give me the Lakers. I think they're the better team overall. They're the more physical team. I mean, Steve Kerr is definitely going to have something up his sleeve, and the Lakers are certainly going to be challenged. There's no doubt about that. Steph's going to do everything he can. Clay and Draymond and their uh, diminished versions of, the, of themselves, they're still going to do everything they can. But at the end of the day, I just don't see them being able to match up with what Anthony Davis is doing down low. LeBron can pretty much get Every hot and take night. over a game whenever he wants. I mean, you have Reeves playing really well, Hachimura playing really well in these playoffs. The Lakers are just super, super deep, super balanced. I just really like what they're doing right now. They showed me a lot. 
with what they were able to do against the Grizzlies. Sure, you didn't have Adams or Clark in that series, but Jaron Jackson Jr. was still there, still present on the floor. And Anthony Davis made him look like, well, to say a really young player trying to find his way in the playoffs. And that's what Jaron Jackson Jr. is, despite the fact that he won the defensive player of the year. So the Lakers, they're just on a tremendous run right now. It wouldn't shock me if they actually got out of the West or so they're going to have a chance, regardless of if Phoenix or Denver makes it out of that other series. And the Warriors can certainly win this. I'm not going to count them out at all. It is Golden State. All they do is win, pretty much. So if they did win the series, it would not shock me. But I'm going to take the Lakers. Right. I completely forgot about Rui Hachimura. I, I'm going to... I'm going to put him, sorry, side note, I'm putting him in my top five for most important players that have impacted teams in, in this playoffs. I don't think Rui, I don't think if the Lakers have Rui Hachimura that they, that, that they are even, I don't know if I'd say, like the way that he's playing, the way that he's shooting in the playoffs, I don't know if they make it past the Grizzlies, even a struggling Grizzlies without him. Because he's, he's playing lights out. This is the best basketball I've ever seen him play. So I wanted to I wanted to shout him because he went from like he shot like twenty eight percent I think from three during the regular season and he's shooting like forty nine now and yeah, playoffs, he also got Russell is, and Vanderbilt intruder. This is a loaded Lakers team. It really is. But but that that was just me hyping up Rui. I I'm happy that he's doing well. But he can do as good as he wants as long as the Warriors win in six because that's what I said at first and that's what I'm going with still Warriors in six. Um, three straight over the Lakers. That's what I said. That's tough. Um, I mean, I said Kings in six at the end of the day. So, I mean, you didn't, win, you didn't win in six, though. You won in seven. This is LeBron and the Lakers with AD. But the, I mean, I mean, AD. He's been he's been streaky these playoffs anyway. So I'm expecting a big LeBron response from the Warriors to lose three straight games. I really don't. Even if they don't lose three straight games, I'm not going to change my opinion on where the series was if it hasn't if it hasn't expired yet. Like I said in the beginning that I thought the Warriors would have won in six. I'm not going to change it to seven now just because we're down 2-1. Like if I said Warriors in five, I'd go back and re, like reevaluate now that we're down 2-1 and the Warriors can't win in five. But since my prediction is still alive, I'm going to stick with my prediction because I go down with the ship. And mm. until until the ship goes down – I'm going to stick with it. I think that the Warriors are going to bring um, a very new look, I guess, tonight. Uh, Curry had a presser earlier this afternoon where he seemed extremely excited about what was going to happen tonight. And uh, I don't know what to make of that because this is something I've never seen from Steph before. Um, but he gave a little wink at the end of his presser today um, when they when they asked him um, how he thought tonight was going to go. Um, and he said, we have something up our sleeve and gave him a little wink. Um, I've never seen that from stuff before. I've never seen this confident um, kind of coming out, coming out shooting right away as far as with your words goes before the game. Um, so I'm really interested to see how this goes because it's either going to blow up in his face and we're going to be down 3-1 or we're going to be walking away <laughs> with the tied series going back to Golden State. So I, I'm, I'm really excited. Uh, Roman asked me before we got on here if I was nervous for tonight. I'm not nervous. Um, just like I wasn't nervous when we were down 2-0 to the Kings. I think that if we go down three one, then we're looking at me being nervous. But this game, it's a game. This series is going to be a series of trends and being on trends at the right time. If we don't hop on it now, then we're going to miss it completely. But if we hop on this and get two two tonight, we're going to have the trend completely going back to Golden State um, on Wednesday night. So I really just think that 
we we have to play our cards here tonight, uh, and that's what it's going to come down to. I don't care if we win in six or in seven, as long as we move on to the next round. Um, but my prediction mm-hmm. is still Golden State in six. And uh, I'm I'm gonna throw another hot take out there and say we see another Steph fifty piece before the series is over. Mm. For me, the way I look at it is I don't think that Anthony Davis is going to have a bad game three games in a row. One of these games is going to pop off, and every time Anthony Davis pops off, the other team loses. It's happened in both games this series that the Lakers have won, game one and game three. And if it happens tonight, I'm sorry, Brent, but you're going down 3-1. Because every time Anthony Davis plays well, as Roman said, there is nobody on the floor who can match up with Anthony Davis. I don't really care if if Steph Curry drops a 50-piece. If Anthony Davis and LeBron pop off on the same day, it's not going to be a win for the Warriors because Jordan Poole is going to try to do too much. It's just how it works. Um, so I, I don't – the way the trend has gone, I will give this to you, is Anthony Davis has a good game and then a bad game, a good game and then a bad game. So if you get the way he's played over the entire postseason, then you'll get a win tonight. It's going to be 2-2. But I don't think that the Lakers are going to lose three straight. Um, I think this is going to go to seven for sure, I think, um, if, if, not, if not less. I want I want to give a little counter argument to your game three take about Anthony Davis. He had a good game. He did not have a great game compared to how he did in game one against the Warriors. That was not a great game. And I'm going to limit that a little bit to the fact that Kevon Looney was n- not playing really. He didn't even play near as much as he did in game two, much less game three. So he he was he's not even he wasn't really even in the picture as far as this game goes. So I think that the fact that Anthony Davis only had a good game in game three and we didn't have our only really true big man who has been playing like a top ten, top five um, center right. all like all playoffs. I, I think that not having him was a big piece in that game three because the fact that he had a good game but not a great game, and just without without Kevon Looney there, we didn't have the pieces to pick it up, which mm-hmm. is kind of where I'm iffy on it because if Anthony Davis drops – sure, Anthony Davis drops 20, we can still win if we have Kevon Looney playing. If Anthony Davis drops 20 and we don't have Kevon playing healthy, then that's where the issue comes in. But I don't see – like. Like, yeah, Jordan Poole is an issue, but if 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 Anthony Davis has a good game, so what? If we have all of our guys in, I don't see any reason why we can't win the game. It, it's when he has a game like he has in game one with Kevon Looney on the floor that that that's where it can become an issue. No, and I, I totally get what you're saying. Um, I'm just saying for the next three games, I think Anthony Davis is going to have at least one, if not two. And the way – I mean, he you're talking about Kevon Looney, and, yes, I completely agree with you. He's even played better than Jaron Jackson in this postseason. But Jaron Jackson is also a defensive player of the year, and he matched up against Anthony Davis. And we saw Anthony Davis demolish Jaron on the boards and on the offensive end and, I mean, blocking shots left and right. I know Jaron had a game one 30-piece, but still Anthony Davis absolutely owned him in that game. So, yes, Kevon Looney being back and maybe being healthy, maybe we'll see some ramifications of being sick the last few games with conditioning. But maybe we'll see a good Kevon Looney, and this is 2-2. But I think either way – at the least, we're going to see this at game seven. But I could I could see Lakers winning in six as well. I do think the Warriors win one more game, though. So, And that'll that'll be a wrap for that one. we got to quickly move through the next you three pick? series. You didn't pick anybody. I, I got Lakers. I got the Lakers coming out of it for sure. Okay. It's just, just really hard for me to see that. But Stephen A. has shown prophetic-like tendencies in the past, and he did say that if the Warriors won last year, they would repeat. So I'm not going to take that out of consideration. Uh, maybe we'll see some magic there. Uh, but, Brent, we'll move on to the next one. Who comes out of the Phoenix-Denver series for you? I got Phoenix in seven. Um, mm. I think this is a great series. I still have both of my Western Conference Finals contenders in the race right now. So I'm, I'm excited about that. 
um, with Golden State and Phoenix. That was the matchup that I was looking at when we did our our breakdown to the playoffs earlier, at least for the Western Conference. So I'm still riding with Phoenix here. Um, I think that they get it done in seven, not six. Um, I think seven because I think that game six with Chris Paul coming back is going to be a rough one for them. Just kind of getting used to having Chris Paul, KD, and Devin Booker on the floor as well as DeAndre Ayton um, all kind of getting this figured out again. So I think that'll be a rough one. I do think they win game five, take a 3-2 lead, um, but the Nuggets grab game six and take it down to seven. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think I just think that Kevin Durant takes over at that point. Um, he's been in this situation countless times before. Um, I think that his killer instinct takes over game seven and gets them back to the Western Conference Finals, gets Kevin Durant back to the Western Conference Finals, um, a place he hasn't been since he's been with Golden State. Um, so I think that that, I think that, that um, one of the better series this playoffs, obviously, I think them and the, the Golden State uh, LA series is the best of this of this round, um, I feel like. So I, I think it's going to come down to the wire, but I do think that the Suns are going to grab it in seven. Roman. Um, I'm taking Phoenix as well. I think the fact that Denver had a 2-0 lead on Phoenix in this series and lost both games in Phoenix after that, that's a crusher the Nuggets right there and that's really hard to rebound from honestly it's just quite demoralizing from a momentum perspective to be up 2-0 and be in very good position against a very good Suns team that's loaded across the board and then you just kind of blow your chance you can't win either game in Phoenix Uh, Chris Paul is out for either of those games and I know there's the argument there that the Suns might be better without Chris Paul at the moment but Chris Paul is still Chris Paul and he's out You really would like to see the Nuggets, if they're that one seed, if they're the team that they claim to be, find a way to take one of those games in Phoenix. But unfortunately, it didn't happen for them. The Suns have tied the series. Momentum has just completely shifted towards them. So I expect Phoenix to come out of here and win this over these next three games. I think the Nuggets can certainly take one more and get this to seven. But ultimately, I just trust the Suns a bit more right now uh, I think Monty Williams' excellence as a coach has really been overshadowed by uh, how much the Suns have overachieved lately. But he was fantastic in 2020 when Phoenix got to the finals. I expect him to lead the troops down, Devin Booker to continue doing what he's doing. And you know Durant's going to pop up at some point. I just like the Suns a bit too much right now. I can see the Nuggets certainly getting out of this. It's not out of the realm of possibility. But – I think Phoenix wins this at the end of the day. Yeah, if Devin Booker keeps playing the way he is, then I will be shocked if Denver can can even scratch another game. But I do not think that Denver – or not Denver – that Devin Booker can drop another 37 if he's averaging the same, 37 with the same efficiency. It's just really hard for me to see that. And I think that's really the way everybody needs to lean when it comes to a guy dropping as much as he is and as efficient as he is, is – is he going to get better? No. I don't think Devin Booker at this point in time can play better than the way he is right now. This is the best he's played in his career. So I think if anything, we're going to see him start to play worse. Um, so that's where I would have to lean in the case of Nikola Jokic and the Nuggets. Um, if he keeps – if Devin Booker drops a game, which I think he will, then I think the Nuggets are going to win this series. I've got Nuggets in seven. Um, give me Jokic and Murray. They've been playing very consistent. Even in the loss last night, Jokic had – I think it was 54 points – I mean, absolutely ridiculous. Jamal Murray also making a couple threes down the stretch to keep that game close. But ultimately, when you have a scoring night that Devin Booker had, you're going to win that game. 
Um, he played so well, so well from the floor, just all the guys coming together. And I think Chris Paul coming back on the floor game six is going to really hurt them. I don't know who takes game five, game six. I'm not – I don't think anybody can truly predict that and be 100% confident because it, this entire series has been up and down as far as games go. I mean, they've been close every single game. Um, so give me Denver and the Nuggets um, to, to take this series in seven. All right, moving over to the East now, right? Yes, sir. Let's do that. Um, if y'all don't have any thoughts, let's go to Philadelphia and Boston. This series was 1-1 coming out of Philadelphia, and now it is 2-2 or coming out of Boston. Now it is 2-2 coming out of Philadelphia with James Harden hitting that heroic three in the last 20 seconds, giving them the one-point lead. Marcus Smart in game four got the shot off with like 0.5 seconds over time, and if he would have gotten that off, Boston would have a 3-1 lead going back to TD Garden. But, Roman, who do you have coming out of this one? Uh, I'm taking the Celtics here. I just trust them a bit more overall. And just like you said, this could easily be 3-1 right now. And this series would hardly be a discussion. But Philly is definitely a formidable contender here. Joel Embiid just won the NBA MVP. And you got Harden playing super well right now. And there's, there's Maxi and all those other guys too. DeAnthony Melton has been a lot better than he was in Memphis as well. I think uh, this change of scenery for him has been good. So Philadelphia can certainly win this. I'm not ruling it out. But at some point, the tandem of Tatum and Brown, it's going to come together. Boston's going to figure this out, and I just trust them to move on here to the Eastern Conference Finals. I'm going to take the Celtics to win this. I guess it's seven because I think Philly can certainly win one more game. Mm -hmm. But I, th I think the Celtics are the best team left in the field overall, and they should be able to advance. Brett? The, Celt the Celtics were my final pick from the East. Um, to make it out of the Eastern Conference. I'm still rolling with them. Um, I'm going to roll with them in seven. Uh, I like everybody to take their home games remaining. Um, mm -hmm. I think the playoff atmosphere at home, as far as both of these teams is considered, is going to be extremely overwhelming these last three games. Um, when we're in when we're in the Garden, at well, TD Garden, I guess, for, for Boston. Um, not, the, not the real Garden by any <laughs> the means. The Boston Garden got um, demolished like 30 years ago. Still, it's the Garden to me. <laughs> um, as far sorry, I lost my train of thought. You weren't even born uh, far, when it existed. I don't care. <laughs> you weren't um, either. As far as 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 far as Boston and Philly is concerned, I think that they each take their home games left. I feel like the the home atmosphere from each side is going to be overwhelming. Um, I do think Tatum and Brown figured out, like Roman said, as far as at least getting it then past this round with Philadelphia. Um. I think they're the most talented team left in the field as far as the East goes. I'm not going to go that far in the West um, just because, like, you got Phoenix out there and you have, like, right now L.A. as well and Golden State. and All four of them, out, like, they're all extremely talented teams. And so, like, while I don't think that New York or Heat, the Heat are quite as talented as Boston as far as – um, the East goes, I feel like there's still – I wouldn't go as far as to say they're the most talented team left because, like you said, they they need Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown to figure it out, and they haven't really done that yet. So until that happens, I don't really consider them the most talented team because they're still having struggles figuring out this dynamic duo that they see – that they have literally been homegrown but can't seem to find – like actually put the pieces together for more than maybe a game or two. Like this – like you've, you've had, what, five years now, six years maybe – to get these two together and it's still kind of struggling to roll along. 
And I love this duo. Like, like Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, two of my favorite, like, guys in the league to watch. They're incredible. But both when they both play well together, that's the issue. You're going to have a night where Jason Tatum drops 40 and Jalen Brown has nine mm-hmm. and shoots three for 21 from the field. You can't have that. <laughs> um, but I – obviously – but I do yeah. think um, the Celtics get out of the series in seven with a win at home and an extremely electric uh, game seven. It's going to be awesome. Um, but I just like predicting the environment as well, I guess. I like the Celtics in six here. Jason Tatum, if you've been watching the series, has been awful. That has been all the headlines about how bad he's been. He started out the first half of game four, one for nine from the field. And the last shot that he hit in that half was the one he made. He started out 0 for 8. I mean, terrible. But Boston was still in it. Boston was down less than 10 at halftime, and they if Jason Tatum passes that ball a little bit quicker, they win game four into 3-1 lead. I think they blow out Philly in game five, and they win a close one in game six. James Harden is sort of like that Anthony Davis kind of guy to where you can't get a back-to-back game of him pop, popping off. It's sort of that every-other-game mentality. Um, Joel Embiid has been a little off, too, coming down the stretch. When it's crunch time, he's been missing a lot of in-and-out, mid-range pull-up jump shots, stuff like that. Um, so I think Tatum's going to scratch away two good games and Boston pulls away and we're going to move on and talk about this Eastern Conference Finals quicker rather than later. Um, let's quickly move on to the last one, Miami versus the New York Knicks. Did Miami pull away? I haven't checked that yet. Yeah, they, yes. they won, they won by three. nine. Okay, so Miami has a 3-1 lead. Are they losing? No. No. Nah. I wouldn't okay. pick them anyway. We all got Miami. <laughs> yeah, we all got Miami taking this one for sure. I think that's, I did, that's I did a pretty say, quick nail in the conversation. I wanted to say, though, um, about our gym. All right, we got Brent frozen here, I think. Yes, he is frozen. He was probably going to say something like, uh, congratulations, New York, but your season's over or something like that. Yeah. Let's, let's, Brent, let's think like Brent here. What would Brent say? So, um, Steph Curry, Warriors, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna find some way to correlate this back to Golden State <laughs> because that's all I know how to talk about really well. <laughs> Steph oh, Curry, he's, he's my idol. He's the whole reason I even watched the NBA. <laughs> uh, I hope Brent's yeah, Brent. If you're not here right now, you're out of the podcast. Um, but Roman, I think we can kick off this next conversation pretty well. This is one that we are both very familiar with. We love this kind of conversation. And this one has to do with Lamar Jackson. If you don't know what happened with him, he got a new contract, but with the same team. He is now the highest paid player in league history. And I wanted just to go into the little bit of the archives of where Lamar Jackson has been to kind of give some context into our debate today on whether the Ravens did the right thing in this situation. So I'm just going to get into that real quick. Okay. In 2020, in the 2021 season, they lost to the Bills in the playoffs. That was at the beginning of 2021. And that is where, at the loss there, Lamar became eligible for an extension. Harbaugh and everybody in that front office was very confident that a deal would get done to keep him around. But instead of doing that then, they exercised his fifth-year option to keep him around another year on his rookie contract. Now you start playing that next season, everything's going well. Lamar Jackson is having a seemingly like like year that of when he won the MVP, and then he gets hurt, right? All the stuff that he had talked about, all the things in the media that happened went down the drain because he got hurt. After that, after, this is after he had bought just bought in for the next season, 
to keep that rookie contract. He turns down a five-year, $250 million extension that September, basically communicating that he did not want to be with the team. And then a trade request later, all of the national media talking about rumors seemingly every single day about trade options or free agency signings. Lamar gets $10 million more than the previous request, becoming the highest-paid player in NFL history. But this time, he's now guaranteed $185 million rather than the $133 million that he had in the previous offer. So basically, Lamar Jackson turned down a ton of money after getting injured just to make $10 million more and have the media talk about him like crazy for a long duration of time. Roman, I know that you've been very, very low on Lamar just in general, not just on his play style, but on the way he's handled the situation. If you were the Ravens' front office, are you re-signing Lamar? Are you trying to get more money? Are you trying to get less money? What are you doing here if you're the front office? I wouldn't call myself low on Lamar Jackson. I think he's a fantastic football player, and he's certainly a talent that the league hasn't seen since somebody like Michael Vick. Uh, there's no denying that. But to me, Lamar Jackson has never been this high-level elite quarterback. I just don't put him in that category. I don't even think he's a top-ten quarterback in football just because – of his deficiencies in the passing game. I mean, you're a quarterback. You, you got to throw the football efficiently. And Lamar has just not shown a consistent ability to do that. I mean, he's just really bad in terms of mechanics and foot placements, you know, just the little things that you need to be a good passing quarterback in the NFL. I mean, even with how mobile and agile he is, his pocket presence when he's actually inside of the pocket, it's not great. He doesn't respond to pressure very well. I mean, Lamar is just not a guy that you want to make the highest paid player in NFL history. So, honestly, I'm not going to try and sign him for because I think it was pretty clear that that wasn't really an option. So, I think the only thing to do here is just to let him walk and let some dumb team like, I don't know, the Falcons or the Browns or whoever. <laughs> hey, the, the Browns might as well pay two different quarterbacks, $250 million. I, I think they're the only team that could find a way to you know, make that logical. I don't know. I'm just listing off teams here. But either way, I don't think Lamar is worth this contract. I think it's going to put the Ravens at a massive deficit at some point. I mean, sure, this year you can afford to go out and give Odell, I don't know, like $18 million or something like that. You can afford to do that this year. But once that contract kicks in and you really start to see how much the value of Lamar's deal is going to drag down this team, I don't know. I really think it's going to be scary for the Ravens because you're going to have to pay Rashad David eventually. I mean, Odell is probably gone after this year regardless. I mean, you just got Zay Flowers in the dirt. going to be on a rookie contract for a while, so you're good there, I guess. But, I mean, Tyler Linderbaum has proven to be a really valuable player for them at center so far. I think he's going to demand a really big contract at some point. You have defensive pieces like Marlon Humphrey that you probably need to keep around at some point. Roquan Smith, he just got signed to a big deal. I mean, money is really starting to stack up here on the Ravens. If any front office can really handle it, though, I suppose it would be Baltimore because they're really smart in terms of like manipulating the cap and still finding a way to put together good teams. And that's what really surprises me that they just – folded into Lamar's contract demands like he's this top five quarterback in the NFL when he's not. I'm sorry, he's not. He's not worth this contract. And I think the Ravens can find a way to make themselves a better team by letting him walk and finding another quarterback here. 
I mean, obviously Tyler Huntley is not a legitimate option, but I don't know. Will Levis was in this draft. You could have maybe found a way to snag him, especially considering the fact that he fell to the second round. There are reports out there that Will Levis was an option for the Ravens at 26 or wherever they were picking if he got there, you know, before they signed Lamar to this deal. And you also put the exclusive franchise tag on Lamar, which meant that any team that would have acquired him, that they would have had to give you two first-round picks. You could have gotten two first-round picks out of the deal automatically. And that's without any other trade negotiating or anything like that. I just don't see any logic in giving Lamar this contract. He's not a top-10 quarterback in football. He's not this franchise-changing player, in my opinion. I just don't see the Ravens really have all that much you know, legitimate success with him. Like, sure, he can probably take him to the playoffs and stuff like that. But is he going to win you a Super Bowl? No. Can he even get you past, say, the division round? Not in my opinion. No. We saw the Ravens as the one seed in 2019. Lamar, MVP, all the hype in the world around him. And they lose to the six-seeded Tennessee Titans at home. And Lamar was awful in that game. 2018, Lamar comes out and stinks it up against the Chargers. 2020, they go to the divisional round against the Bills. He stinks it up, and they lose in the one game where the Ravens' defense was actually able to shut down Josh Allen for the most part. And the Ravens were able to put up a valiant effort against Cincinnati in the wild card round without Lamar Jackson, which I think shows they don't need Lamar Jackson to win long term. They can be competitive without him, without that kind of contract. So I just don't see the logic in this at all. I think this was a massive mistake for the Ravens. Uh, I'm sorry, Lamar Jackson does not deserve to be the highest paid player in NFL history. That is absolutely ridiculous, in my opinion. All right, question. Did you like the Jalen Hurts deal? Yeah, I did. I mean, I would have preferred it to be, I guess, a, a little less money because Jalen Hurts had, like, one real year as a high-level quarterback. I will say that. But I think it was, it's pretty clear how much Jalen Hurts improved from really all perspectives because unlike Lamar Jackson, Jalen Hurts made an effort to improve his throwing mechanics. Unlike Lamar Jackson, Jalen Hurts made an effort to improve his overall game and do things that he wasn't doing previously. That's the difference between Lamar Jackson and Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts has simply worked harder to be a better quarterback than Lamar. Mm-hmm. But don't you think Jalen Hurts got a little bit of an easier road when they signed where they traded for A.J. Brown. Don't you think that had anything to do with it? I mean, Gore, but he already had, like, Devontae Smith before that. And Lamar's going to get his chance because he has Odell. And that's obviously not exactly the same situation because it's Odell coming off of, like, two ACL injuries. But football is a team game at the end of the day. And if you're Absolutely a truly elite quarterback like Lamar Jackson is, Jackson is claiming to be, you make it work no matter what. And Lamar has true. done that to an extent. That's not true. But name name a Super game. Bowl champion a who has game. Name, name a Super Bowl champion who has not had at least a top ten receiver room. You can't. Lamar Jackson has never had that. Not once. He's had an injured wide receiver room. With the wide receiver room the last two years being Rashad Bateman, who can't stay on the field healthy, 
a running back room who can't stay healthy with young guys know, think, as well. I think, I think the, pay, I mean, I how think much, the Patriots, honestly, can go to that. But how much But how much blame – no, Julian Edelman and Danny Amendola and Rob Gronkowski, are you serious? That, they, yeah, front, you had that Edelman and Gronk wasn't even there half the time because he was always hurt. It was easily top five. Easily. Top five? Yes, just because you're, you're, not you're naming Julian athletes. Edelman, Danny, and Danny and then, Amendola. Julian Edelman would be how a bad nobody if it weren't for the Patriots. You think he would have succeeded Tom anywhere Brady. else? Yes, absolutely, I do. And Tom Brady would not have won a Super Bowl in Tampa Bay if he didn't have Chris Godwin. He was converted and from a quarterback at like Kent State. He wasn't Brady, even a wide receiver seriously. when he entered the league. Can you name one who hasn't had at least a top 10 receiver room, if not top five? The Patriots are easily top 10 in every Super Bowl that Tom Brady wins. I mean, and you're, not, you're, not, you're not trying to compare. Receiver. I really don't think so. And even then, Jalen Hurts for you was not even close to a top 10 quarterback before the season started. Then they got A.J. Brown, took a lot of pressure off of Devontae Smith, and they made it to the Super Bowl. They won like – they were undefeated most of the season. It's, it's because they got a good wide receiver. Lamar does, still does not have that, but he has a better shot now that he has a healthy Mark Andrews. He has a healthy Odo Beckham Jr. He's got Rashad Bateman, Devin DuVernay, who had his coming out party last season, and old Nelson Aguilar and James Prochet, who's also young. I mean, now Lamar All right. has a uh, just, can I, can understandable we, opportunity to even can make we go a down, shot. He's also one, got a healthy Do you think JK. Lamar Jackson has good throwing mechanics? Do you think he places his feet well in the pocket? Do you think he is truly aware of what's going on around him on a down-to-down basis? He is not as bad as you're saying he is. He's not. He turn is, on, the, turn, the turn reason on I, one game that he's played against, say, the Steelers, and help, come back to me after that. I just the reason I say you're low Anytime on him, he goes up against any real him, defensive talent, he gets smothered. That's not true. That I is disagree. not true. The reason you're, I say you're low on him is because this is a former MVP in his second year, and you're saying he is not top ten. That is I think that was a, that's a system MVP. That was the league not being aware of how to stop him with his skill set. But once they figured it out, he has not been the same player. He hasn't had any help. He has his moments, but the dude can't win a game he with his arm. No help. I just don't think so. I agree with Jake Stoop. He has no help. And any time he is limited from a mobile perspective, whether it's because of injury or a team's game plan or something, the dude just doesn't do all that well. He, I'm telling you, he has no help. And this year, maybe and he has a legitimate chance. what's going to happen when he gets into his 30s? When that contract is still going to be very relevant, what's going to happen then? Who knows? What he's not going to be like that. I moment. couldn't tell you. I couldn't tell you. Maybe they'll sign a top ten wide receiver that'll give him some help, and like, maybe he'll I'm get better at his throwing mechanics and rely more in the pocket. Can adjust his game when he gets older. I'm confident that Joe Burrow can do that. I'm confident that uh, I don't know Josh Allen can do that. I'm even confident and, that, and that maybe that like Tyler Murray can do that. I think Kyler Murray is way better than Lamar Jackson. That's crazy. Oh, my God. And when, that is ridiculous. I don't know if we'll that's that. That's stupid. That's Tyler so stupid. Murray might get let go after this season. That's how bad the Cardinal situation is, even with DeAndre Hopkins. Lamar yeah, Jackson because Tyler's got nobody. Had, You're talking about Lamar. Lamar look, look at what? Kyler. Kyler is in Zachary and DeAndre Hopkins and Marcus Tyler, Brown. Tyler Murray's stuck in the middle of the desert with a oh Cardinals roster that's probably the worst in the league. You're you really going to compare Rashad Bateman and Devin Duvernay to DeAndre Hopkins, Marquise Brown, and Zach Ertz? Are you serious? Have you this looked at their offensive serious? line or his defense? Are you si- or the coaching staff? Are you staff? serious? 
and he's had no help is what I'm saying. And you're saying that Lamar has a tighter window. That's absolutely why he deserves five years, $260 million is because after that, you can let him walk. But get you the think best Lamar of Jackson Lamar Jackson. To be the highest paid player in NFL history. I can't see the how you can say that the Ravens in NFL history. You can't. You can't look at it that way because Jalen Hurts doesn't deserve yes, it at I all. Can. He's he's one. No, yes, he does I can. not. You yes, cannot look never at wrong. it that way. Roman is never Roman. Wrong. You cannot. You cannot look at it this way. It's the same thing in the Jokic conversation, saying that you can't give him three MVPs just because it'd be weird and he doesn't deserve to be one of the best centers of all time. If he is one of the best players you have, if your franchise would go down in the dumps with Tyler Huntley starting at quarterback, you have to give Lamar his money. And after that, if he doesn't prove to be what he says he is, get rid of him. Don't sign him back. But you can't but while you have because this you're window, stuck in purgatory with this contract. That's I'd rather crazy. be stuck with Lamar Jackson than be in purgatory for the next five years with Tyler Huntley. I'd rather be paying this guy and getting this guy healthy oh my God. and helping his throwing mechanics than be saying, stuck with a bad the quarterback. Teams that win, the teams that win play players what they are worth. And Lamar Jackson is not worth this contract. That's not, not true. That, that's just not true. $260 million contract. for a guy that isn't even a top 10 quarterback in football. That is... I'm telling you, 5% of the world agrees with you. 5%. Less. That well, is the a, 5%. That is a, well, that is a welcome to the club, everybody. Welcome to the club, The Steelers everybody. organization may agree with you, but no one else does. That is at least you're making. At least you're making your one blasphemous comment of a podcast, Roman. Right, and it's the yearly anniversary, so I guess we didn't move on from that either. LeBron Jackson is and, a and top We're talking about the Steelers. They're in a much better situation than the Ravens are now because they have Kenny Pickett on a rookie contract. And a roster that, once it grows and matures, is going to be absolutely stacked. And the same Again, thing with Lamar. But we haven't given we haven't given Lamar enough time with enough good talent around him to understand that he can Wait, be this five guy. Years. Five years, and one of them he was a one seed. One of them he was an MVP, like you said. But he has nobody when it comes to playoff time. The best players step up, and Lamar has nobody else to help him out. Yes, he's had a bad playoff tenure. We got to keep in mind that same team that he lost to the year before at home as the one seed, he went and beat in Nashville that year to go to the conference championship. Like I'm telling you, man, or the, the divisional round, the divisional round under Lamar Jackson. They won, they won the wild card against the Titans, and then they went to the divisional round after that, and they lost. But I'm telling you, I'm saying, you cannot. I just think it's a little weird contract. to give 260 million dollars to a guy who has won one playoff game. One. And yes, it's weird. Joe Burrow has yes, already won more weird. than Lamar Jackson. Patrick Mahomes has won more. And he has Jamar Chase, T. Higgins. Lamar Joe had Burrow Rashad would be as good. I think Joe Burrow would still be, not statistically, but he'd still be as good of a pure quarterback from a mental process in terms of mechanics and decision-making and all that kind of stuff. Joe Burrow doesn't need those weapons to be that. I mean, I he also disagree. he also I mean, Joe Burrow also won a national championship with LSU. So those those mechanics and you know understandings probably came from you know a national championship run with the LSU uh, Tigers. But You've never seen Lamar Joe Jackson Burrow with the bad receiver room. Joe exactly. Burrow was You've a much never better seen Joe Burrow with that. It's not even Joe close. Burrow had Justin Je- Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow had ever, Justin Jefferson it, and Joe Jamar Chase in college. Lamar Jackson in almost every single category. Almost every. We're not saying he's not. But he's Lamar not, is but a ten times a better runner than Joe Burrow is. Oh, who cares? 
Like, seriously, who cares? Why does that matter? Because you, you literally just said he's better in every category. I and mean, that is not true. That I is a false statement. I said almost every single category. You said every single category. No, I said, said, said better, he's better in every single category. Single category. You can roll back the tape. After and this. running is literally a crucial part. Escaping the pocket is a crucial part to a quarterback. And Joe Burrow, it's a crucial part. The mention is still more than adequate in doing that. He's not Lamar Jackson in that category, but he's still more than adequate in escaping the pocket and making plays. I just don't. Picks. I just don't know if you can name ten better quarterbacks right now than Lamar Jackson in the NFL. No chance. Okay, let's see. We have Mahomes. We have Rodgers. We have Josh Allen. I have to write this down. Good Lord. I am not in front oh, wow. right there, now. Oh, my God. There's three. We have three. Who did I say? I said Mahomes, Rodgers, and uh, we got Burrow right there. We have Kyler Murray. I, sure. That's so cap. That's, That's so, so wrong. Oh, my That's goodness. so wrong. Can you, can you name 10 definitive quarterbacks that are better than Lamar? Or is it just your opinion that keeps him out of the top five? My opinion that keeps him out of the top five? You've named four uh, that have actually not, made decent sense. Joe Burrow made decent sense. What? He's, not top five. he's not top five for me. He's not top five. He's top ten. Justin Herbert to me is a better quarterback than Lamar Jackson. But that's that, that's I that's. Dis- I disagree. See, like, I know. Yeah, I know I you do. Like, I know, but I'm saying that's just to me. He's still top. He's still top seven to me. I'm I'm just saying for me personally, he's not top five. Yeah, he's still top. No, seven. I get I get what you're saying. Yeah. I just you I gotta, can't name I ten better names here because I am not in football mode right now. Okay, all right. Sorry, I'll go ahead. Tom Brady retired. Is he better? No. Sorry. I thought I thought Kirk Tom Cousins. Brady was better when he was Kirk still in the Is he better? Is he better? Primetime Kirk. Primetime Kirk. Is Kirk Cousins better. Oh man. Oh, that's that's tough. Oh man. No, no, you're I'm say, Jared Goff. Jared Goff. I'm gonna say no. Better? Okay, is Jared Goff better? Goff? Are we seriously going to Goff here? Yeah, I'm going. I'm going top in passing yards this season. Is Jared Goff better than Lamar Jackson? Jared Goff was top in passing yards. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. Is Geno Smith better than Lamar Jackson? Are we really? Why are we going in? And in terms of oh, sorry, sorry. Is Tua better? Why are we going in passing yards? I don't get it. I don't get this. Actually, I think we're, we're getting wor- we're getting worse as we go down the list. So, I thought Tua was better. Is Derek Carr better? Is Derek Carr better? When he's really on it. Oh my gosh! Okay, wait. Sorry. Right. When All Derek right. Carr right, goes, go. Michael Jordan. Looking at names, Josh Allen. Yes, I'm just going down the list. Josh Allen. Yes, Joe Burrow. Yes, Deshaun Watson. Unfortunately, yes. What? Trevor Lawrence. Yes. No. Mahomes. Yes. No. Herbert, yes. Rogers, yes. Kyler Murray, yes. Big brain Roman. Big brain Roman. (laughs) Jalen Hurts, yes. Dude, no, you cannot say that. (laughs) Yes, Jalen Hurts wasn't even top fifteen before last season. He wasn't even top fifteen. I'm never Dude. putting my camera on again if I can do stuff like this. Thank you, Noah. <laughs> Tua, yes. That's 10 right there. No. Yes. No. Bro, it's you close, are barely but, even yeah. getting this out of your mouth right now. Dude, yeah, no. Yes. Watch no. your mouth out with soap, little boy. You are laughing as you say this, man. No. No. Because I can't believe. Roman, you cannot say that. No. 
Trey Lance has potential while we're at it. Trey Lance Stop. has potential. Okay, I'm done. Uh, uh, this this conversation gonna... is not going to swing in my favor. Either way, Lamar Jackson became the most high-paid player in NFL history. Maybe this year maybe this year will be a testament to his success or should he have not gotten it. But either way, it's going to take five years for us to truly know that answer. Let's see if he can – I think we can all agree – get a good wide receiver. Maybe Odell Beckham can show exactly what he did in that Super Bowl, the first half of that one where he absolutely popped off. But let's end the episode today. Let's go to week recaps. Roman, just tell us a little bit about your week, man. What happened? Uh, I think this past week, yeah, yeah, I did finish up my exams this past, past week, so I am officially, officially done with school. Do y'all have, do y'all just like chill for this week until graduation? Is that kind of what this week's all about? And yeah, yeah so graduation until next week. Um, let's see, other than that, I'm just kind of chilling at the moment. This was my first week really being at home every day and stuff like that. Uh, did my last radio show of the semester on Friday, though. So I did go back to campus one more time this week, and that was on Friday, to do the radio show. I'm trying to think of if there's anything else. Oh, yeah, I went to your party. There was that. I knew, yeah. knew I did something. I knew I did stuff on Saturday. Uh, went to your party uh, for you, Brent, uh, Landrum, Chris, a few other thoughts. Six people, yeah. The, the party was for six people. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to all y'all and just everyone that was there, I suppose. Saw a few familiar faces. That was fun. Uh, before that, I went to go see the new Guardians movie. That just dropped. It's so good. So good. Yeah, it was. It was good. Jake, I know y'all are anti-Disney, so y'all can't see it. But it was really good. Uh, kind of an unexpected little twist at the end there, but it was still really good. Uh, but yeah, that, that that's my week. Oh, that's incredible. Jake, Jake's no, Jake knows it's ridiculous. He knows that he should be able to watch Disney. <laughs> he just knows it. Roman, speak for him, please. He knows it. Uh, I Jake I wants watch to watch Marvel. Disney right now. Dude, I want to turn on Endgame right now and just see Iron Man snap his fingers. I want to see Iron Man but die. You can't. I can't. You You're can't. right. Mr. You wish you could just Mr. Lyons. Like a snap of a finger. You wish you could just. Oh. Brent Lyons, currently your big brain Roman, um, but just just lead us on. What? How is your week? Um, this has got to be one of the highlights. <laughs> I don't know. Yes. I don't know if we could. I made a highlight. But this is this is <laughs> shout out to Noah for taking this picture and making this possible. My computer died. Um, right before I was going to make my point about Bam Adebayo and how he is now tied for second on the most double-doubles in Heat playoff history. Um, and my computer died. So um, now I get this big brain Roman picture from earlier in the episode. Uh, what a treat. It was between Jake big brain or Roman big brain. <laughs> but but we went with the Roman big brain. Um, Roman small but, brain. Roman small brain. Small but, brain. That's brain. a little harsh. Jelly brain. <laughs> but kind of like Taylor Jenkins, right? Um, oh my goodness it would only make it better if his mouth would move while i was doing it that would be wonderful it looked like a baby um, a baby Dude, we need some ai in here moving his mouth uh, oh a baby but oh uh, i thought he said a baked bean <laughs> <laughs> all right insane anywho um had our last week of school last I'm week now that was, that was that was good um 
And then we had our grad party on Saturday, so that was fun. Um, yeah, it's been a, it was a pretty good last last week, I would have to say, um, of school. Hoping that the Warriors pull this one out. And yeah, Roman, you're definitely going to be a meme. I'm going to post something on the on the Men and Hoodies Instagram or something like that with when you when you get your 30th consecutive sports take in a row correct. And I'm going to put right. this picture. That's right. When you haven't made a wrong take since the day you were born, and it's just going to be a picture of Roman with his big brain. Came out of the womb with a big brain. <laughs> Penny Hardaway is the greatest point guard of all time. Well, I was born. I was born with Asperger's, which gets me, which actually does give me a bit more brain brain capacity to store information. Yeah. So I guess that's yeah, technically that true, actually, for sure. Which makes you right. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I'm just messing with you. Um, but anyways. Uh, let's see. I will say it was good to end it off, you know, having the the first part of the year last year with the Anthony, Hart- Anthony Hardaway take, and then the start of this year with Lamar Jackson not top ten. I think I <laughs> that's definitely a good this, way to like months ago. <laughs> I've been saying this for years before this podcast even started. Dude, you've this been saying a new for take a year for a year. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's right. Gotta love the podcast. Um, but yeah, man, it was, it's been a good year. Um, for me, the last week was also pretty good. Definitely had by headlined by the grad party. Um, that was really cool to look around and see like all the people that have poured into me over the years. Um, that was definitely a good moment for sure. Good to see a lot of people there. Got to hoop, got to play some bocce ball, got to eat some good food, good conversations. That was definitely a blast. Um, the men and hoodies crew going against each other on the, on the hardwood, I guess you can say. Um, at church yesterday, we, we had a lot of donuts. That was pretty hype. Um, I think I had four or five. That was pretty cool. Good night. Um, the church was, church was great on Sunday. I know, man. It was wild. Um, went back to school today. Saw the studio for maybe one of the last times. That was tough. Um, but it, it was pretty Why cool. Why do you go back to school? He, he, like, he, like, got it. he slapped his hand on the studio and he rubbed it a little bit, being like, you've been good like, to me, dear. Yeah. You've been good Thanks to for me. all the memories. Yeah. First time I saw you was sophomore year during COVID. And then now is the last time after two years of Men Hoodies, uh, Men Hoodies show. It was great. Um, but yeah, pretty simple week for me. Just a lot of oh, the Men Hoodies um, show, which, which is yeah. Oh yeah, forgot about that, man. Uh, we had the uh, Men Hoodie Award Show post. That took a lot of long hours, a lot of preparation, um, but it went well. I think it's got 400 views in two or three days, which is really cool to see. Um, all that hard work, and I know, I know, it doesn't pay off when it has a lot of views. That's not what make or breaks it for me. It, what paid, what made it pay off is seeing that notification that it uploaded. Um, it's just a plus to see all the the views um, shoot up and people repost it on their stories and teams enjoy it. Um, so that was pretty cool and pretty enjoyable, but it's been a good ride. And as I said earlier, a lot of laughs went down the last week. So, yeah, looking forward to the summer, though. Glad for the warm weather to start coming around. Yeah. I saved Jake from almost uh, leaving his car at the school today. Someone hid my keys in a undisclosed location. That was very hard to find, and that was really tough. I thought I'd lost my keys again, dude. I've lost my keys so much recently. So, Brent Lyons saved me, even though he was uh, being in the middle of a workout. I was in the middle, in the middle of a workout, workout. Red, and I saw Jake's. I saw Jake like leaning against his car, and I'm like, "Oh no, his keys!" And I had remembered just in the back of my head that I'd seen them, and so I I yelled at him in the middle of the workout, and I I helped him get home. Mm-hmm. There you go. Good it was pretty satisfying. Day. Walking out of that door was so satisfying because I was like, I don't have to be back here. Like, I'm not yep. obliged to be back in this building. 
<laughs> so that was pretty cool. Yep. Um, but yeah, any other things from the last week? Uh, any uh, testament from the last year that we want to move on? And uh, things we want to leave in the past, things we want to start. What are, what are we thinking? Um, nah, no. Nah. I think we're good here. <laughs> yeah, I got my. I might burn that Dylan Brooks jersey. Who knows? I got I got my letter to myself back from English class, and I wrote down right. that I would hope that Men in Hoodies would have um, three hundred plays an episode by the time I read <laughs> that. Um, and we are currently still. Um, a couple hundred short of that goal, even combining YouTube. So let's let's try and make that happen. Um, We're around forties or fifties with both. Why do they have you write the letter yourself at the beginning of senior year? They should have you write that a lot earlier. If you wrote it at the beginning of freshman year, that would be crazy. I would. Holy cow! What if you wrote one at the beginning of every year and you didn't get them back until you were at the end of your senior year? That would. That would have been wild. That yeah, that's a good idea. I, maybe I'll start writing a letter to myself every year so that I can see it at the end. That's actually, that's, pretty cool. that's a good point. I know somebody who uh, had their boyfriend write themselves one, and then they broke up. So. <laughs> I saw. I heard about that. I heard about that's that person pretty too. Pretty tough. But all right, that's gonna do it. As I close out this episode, I really want to see Big Brain Roman on the screen. Um, so let's get that pulled up. But yes, thank you for listening to the Minnesota podcast. It's been a blast. Yeah. It's been a good ride of a year i cannot believe we're already at a year it's been fantastic and i can't wait for the years coming up so thank you for listening to this episode of the minute podcast let us know what you think about the lamar conversation the playoff conversation all that on our minute instagram men.n.hoodies go check that out for weekly updates different reactions from mr roman cleary and also ourselves who knows i might be burning my dylan brooks jersey on camera we'll see what happens but thank you for listening to the minute podcast we'll see you next time the water chose me